Hello. Welcome to the Legends of King Arthur and his Knights. Chapter 14. Galahot. A great tournament was held in the days following the successful release of the Curse of Dolorous Guard. Gawain, Gaheris and Agravain fought brilliantly and would have been the stars of the tournament, except that a stranger knight arrived dressed in white. It was, of course, Lancelot, but still none of the fighters at the tournament knew who it was. None of them had seen his face, and none of them knew that it was the same knight who had freed Dolorous Guard. Gawain was still determined to find out who the knight was. When the tournament was over, he grabbed the attendant of the Lady of the Lake and told her they were going to follow the knight and ask him who he was. They managed to catch up with him, and Gawain asked, virtually begged to be informed of his identity. As usual, the White Knight refused to tell him, leaving poor Sir Gawain nearly bursting with frustration. The lady, obviously feeling that Gawain couldn't take any more, spoke up. Sir, I have given you an oath that I will help you find out this knight's name, and I will not break it. He is Lancelot of the Lake, son of King Ban of Benwick. As well as being the victor at today's tournament, he is the man who freed you and your friends from the prison, and the one who captured Dolorous Guard. It was Lancelot's turn to be furious now. He refused to confirm what the lady said, but he refused to deny it either. Gawain smiled. He had his answer at last. Gawain rode off in one direction, and Lancelot, in a huff, rode off in the other. The lady followed him. Gawain arrived back in King Arthur's presence and told him what he had learnt. Word spread. At last, every knight of the round table knew the name of the White Knight. Everybody was talking about Lancelot of the Lake. What they did not yet know was that it was the same knight that Arthur had nearly knighted back in Camelot. Lancelot, still in a very bad mood, reached a ford on the road he was riding down. There he was stopped by a knight who asked him which court he served. When Lancelot replied he served King Arthur, the knight refused to let him pass. And why would he not let any knight of King Arthur pass? Yep, I'm sure you've guessed it. He was a relative of the man who had left his sword and lances in the wounded knight. They jousted and then they fought with swords, and of course Lancelot won. He tried to force the knight to say he loved the wounded knight more than the dead man, but the knight refused. In the end, Lancelot, who didn't really want to kill him with weapons, threw him in a nearby lake where he drowned. Lancelot, now even more disgruntled, rode on. Back in Camelot, King Arthur received a visitor and not a welcome one. It was a messenger. He spoke confidently and clearly. King Arthur, I have been sent by the best and most glorious man alive. My magnificent and all-conquering master is Galahot, son of the giantess. He has conquered thirty kingdoms, and now he wants yours. You are to give up your land to him, or rule it under his direction with him as your overlord. If you do, he will treat you well. If you refuse, then he will be here within a month, and he will not leave until you are crushed and your lands are his. Oh, and he'll also take your lovely wife Guinevere. Get out, raged King Arthur. Tell your master to come and attempt to take my kingdoms. I will never give them up willingly. The messenger nodded and left. Arthur, who had never heard of Galahot, asked if any of his knights knew who he was. Only one did. He told Arthur that Galahot was a young but powerful knight, more than six inches taller than any other man he had met. He also said he was noble and honourable, brave and generous. King Arthur pondered it seemed a shame he would have to take on this fine man in battle, but of course he would have to. Nobody was going to get away with threatening his lands.
While this was going on, Lancelot was still riding around aimlessly. Bored and restless, he eventually spotted a knight in the distance and rode after him. Pretty soon, he realised he was looking at Camelot. The knight rode past, and Lancelot was about to follow when he spotted a lady in one of the windows. It was the Queen. Lancelot stared at her, still amazed by how beautiful she was. He was entirely lost in his love-struck thoughts when she noticed him. He had his helmet on and no shield, so of course she didn't recognise him. "'Sir Knight!' she shouted. "'What do you want?' Lancelot thought quickly. "'Did you see a knight ride past here? I was following him.' Guinevere smiled and told him she had seen the knight pass and pointed in the direction in which he had gone. Lancelot shouted his thanks and turned to leave. He was soon lost in thought again and didn't drive his horse in the right direction. The horse was thirsty and, left to its own devices, cantered to a nearby river and jumped in to have a drink. It misjudged the depth of the water, though, and was soon swimming for its life. Given that it still had a very heavy, fully armoured knight on its back, it found swimming a little difficult. Before too long, both horse and knight were in grave danger of drowning. In the nick of time, Sir Uwain arrived. He was dressed to go hunting, so he wasn't weighed down by heavy armour. He dived into the river and pulled the horse, by now completely spent, to the bank. Both horse and knight were saved. Lancelot stood up and thanked Sir Uwain, pouring fish and river weed from his armour as he spoke. Sir Uwain asked how on earth he got himself into danger, and Lancelot, rather weakly, replied he was watering his horse. You weren't watering it very well, replied Sir Uwain. You were drowning it, and yourself too. Lancelot, embarrassed, nodded and removed the last of the fish and rode away. He soon caught up with the knight he had been following. They had a bit of a joust, as knights tend to do, and then the knight told Lancelot he had something to show him. What he showed him was two giants. The giants demanded that Lancelot state whether he loved King Arthur or hated him. When Lancelot replied he served and loved King Arthur, the two giants raised their massive scary clubs and growled. One of the giants brought his club down with some fury. His arms were so long, though, that he missed and brought the blow down behind Lancelot. Lancelot saw his chance. Accurate as ever, he thrust his lance as hard as he could into the giant's body. The giant was dead within seconds. The second one, enraged and bawling loudly, swung his own club. Lancelot dodged the blow, but it hit his horse, killing it instantly. Lancelot, thinking that his poor horse had survived a near drowning, only to be killed an hour or two later, swung his sword and cut off the giant's hand. Then, to even things up, he cut off his foot as well. The giant put up no more resistance. Sir Uwain had followed Lancelot and was watching. He strode out and congratulated him on his victory. Lancelot thanked him and then complained that he now had no horse. Sir Uwain gave him his. Lancelot rode off into a forest and Sir Uwain returned to Camelot. There he told everyone what he had seen. Sir Gawain smiled when he heard the story. From what you have said, he announced, I know who that knight was. It was Lancelot of the Lake, the saviour of Dolorous Guard. The saviour himself, still feeling somewhat disgruntled, found lodging for the night. In the morning he rode on again. Pretty soon he reached a causeway, forming the only route across a deep, gloopy marsh. At the head of the causeway was a knight who asked Lancelot which court he was from and who he served. Lancelot already knew what was going to happen when he gave the answer, and he wearily replied that he served King Arthur. 
In that case, said the knight, you will not pass here, and nor will any knight who serves that king. A knight of that court has done me great harm. He removed the weapons from a knight who had killed my uncle. He then vowed to avenge all of those who said they loved the man who had wounded the knight. I am one of them. I loved my uncle. This time, Lancelot of the Lake couldn't be bothered to try and get the knight to change his mind. They jousted and then fought with swords. As it was becoming clear that Lancelot was going to win, he gave the knight one chance to save himself by saying he loved the wounded knight more than the dead man. The knight refused, and so Lancelot ripped off his helmet and killed him with a blow that cleaved his head in two, right down to the teeth. It really wasn't his day, though. As he drew to the nearby city of Malahort, he was set upon by forty knights. Even Lancelot of the Lake wasn't up to defeating forty knights by himself, and they gradually ground him down. He was saved by a lady who told the men to stop attacking him and told Lancelot to surrender to her. This he did, and he was promptly thrown in prison. The knight he had just killed was the son of the seneschal of the city. Back in Camelot, word arrived that Galahot was in King Arthur's lands. A message arrived from one of his border castles from the lady of the castle. Galahot had taken her lands apart from the castle itself, and she needed King Arthur's help. Galahot had brought 100,000 troops with him. Clearly the son of the giantess was serious about his invasion. Arthur left, bringing all of the knights of the round table and any other knights he could muster. He sent out for soldiers to join him from all corners of the land. When he arrived at the castle, he had 7,000 men. 7,000 is a fair few, but it's not 100,000. Galahot looked scornfully over King Arthur's army. Telling his men he wasn't getting out of bed to fight such a puny force, he sent one of his generals, who just happened to be the King of a Hundred Knights, to take 10,000 men and challenge Arthur's army. Sir Gawain saw that Galahut himself was not leading the force, and so told King Arthur he must not enter the battle either. Arthur agreed, and Gawain commanded his army. Gawain led from the front. He and his army drove the opposing forces back. Galahot sent another 30,000 men in to reinforce the original 10,000. Gawain saw them coming. Now, gentlemen knights, he shouted, now we will see who fights well, because there is no hope for us if we don't. Let's fight for the king's honour. They fought manfully, Gawain fighting best of all. There were so many men against them, though, that they were forced back towards the castle. They managed to hold off the forces of Galahot until the end of the fighting day. Gawain, though, was knocked from his horse and set upon. He had to be rescued and carried back to the castle. When he was dragged in, everyone thought he was dead. He wasn't, quite, so he was taken to a bed and made to rest. Many doctors came to try and save him. Word of the great battle spread across the land. It quickly became known in the nearby city of Malahort. Everyone was talking about it, even jailers. A certain imprisoned knight overheard the talk and was worried. He was distraught when he heard that Sir Gawain was so badly injured he was not expected to recover. He asked if he could see the lady of the castle. Rather surprisingly, his request was granted. Lady, said Lancelot, please ask King Arthur for a ransom. I have heard that there was a terrible battle today, and there is to be another in three days. King Arthur will pay well to have me free to fight. But you're here because you killed the Seneschal's son, not because I want money for your release. However, you should fight in the battle. I will grant you a day pass. If you swear on your word of honour you will return to my prison after the battle, then I will let you fight in it. 
Lancelot agreed to the deal. Three days later, the second battle was fought. Again, Galahad did not fight, but he sent the 60,000 men that had not fought the first battle. More men had arrived to join King Arthur's forces, and so the battle was much larger and even fiercer than the first one. Into the battle rode a knight with a red shield. Sir Lancelot dived into the fray and set about the opposition. As usual, nobody recognised him. The knight with the red shield fought bravely and valiantly. Again Galahot's men pushed King Arthur's forces back, but they could not win a total victory. At the end of the day, the knight with the red shield rode away. As agreed, he went straight back to the Lady of Malahort and returned to prison. Galahot could probably have taken King Arthur's lands from him if he had pressed home his advantage. But, as we have heard, he was an honourable and fair knight, and he wanted a fair fight. He offered King Arthur a truce for a year. After that year, he would be back, and he would take on King Arthur's forces again. And this time, he said, he expected Arthur to turn up with a decent-sized army and make a fight of it. Lancelot was well treated in his prison. Although he was locked up, he was fed well and had many long conversations with the lady of the castle. Nobody in King Arthur's court knew where he was. Sir Gawain recovered from his wounds and set out with forty knights to find the Red Knight. The search party failed spectacularly and only arrived back just in time for the rematch with Galahot. As the time of the encounter drew near, Lancelot began to fret he would not be able to be present and fight for King Arthur and Queen Guinevere. He begged the lady to set him free and let him fight, and eventually she gave in. She told him she would ransom him if he answered a question. This time she gave him a choice of three. Sir Knight, said the Lady of Malahort, you must tell me your name. If you will not tell me your name, then you must tell me who you love. If you will not tell me either of those things, then you must tell me this. Do you ever expect to do such amazing deeds as you did in the first battle with Galahot's men again? Lancelot was not going to tell the lady his name, and he was certainly not going to admit his love for Guinevere, so he chose to answer the third question. He was somewhat ashamed, because he had to admit he hadn't fought as well as he could during the first battle with Galahot's army. He told the lady that not only did he expect to fight as well as that again when he was ordered to do so, he expected to perform even better. The lady agreed to release him, on the condition that he stayed with her at the castle until the day of the next encounter with Galahot. Lancelot agreed. He then asked the lady to supply him with a new shield. He didn't want to be recognised as the knight who had fought in the red shield last time, so he asked that the lady give him a shield that was entirely black in colour. He was given the shield and a fresh, strong horse. By the date of the next battle with Galahot, he was ready. So were Sir Gawain and the forty knights of the search party. So was Galahot. This time, Galahot had nearly 200,000 troops. Arthur had mustered about 100,000. Again, Galahot did not send in his entire army and did not enter the fight himself. Again, Sir Gawain persuaded Arthur that he could not enter the battle if Galahot was not there. Again, Sir Gawain led King Arthur's army into the battle. He fought fiercely and successfully, killing at least 20 of the enemy's knights by himself and driving Galahot's army back. When it looked like Sir Gawain's army was nearly spent, King Arthur sent Sir Uwain onto the battlefield with reinforcements. These knights were the last that Arthur had available to him. His entire army was now fighting, and it was clear that Galahot had plenty of men left. It wasn't looking good for the forces of Camelot. Sir Gawain fell, blood spurting from his nose and mouth. 
he was pulled half dead from the battlefield. Arthur's worries grew, but he saw his forces push the enemy back. Night fell, and the battle was halted. It was agreed that they would resume three days later. Word spread of the battle and the falling of Sir Gawain. Word reached Malahort. Word finally reached Lancelot, who was absolutely furious. He raged at the lady. You promised to tell me when the battle was to take place. You've lied to me, and you haven't kept your word. The good Sir Gawain, my friend, is dying, probably dead by now. No, Sir Knight, I have not lied. The final battle is to take place in three days' time. You will be freed, ready and prepared for it, I promise. Lancelot nodded, tears in his eyes as he thought about Gawain. Three days later, the great battle took place. Sir Gawain held on to life and was brought out to watch the action. As the battle began, he noticed a knight standing by the river. The knight had a black shield, and Sir Gawain knew who it was. He smiled to himself and beckoned the queen over to him. He managed to speak. My lady, look over there. I am sure that knight who stands by the river watching the battle is the same knight who wore the red shield at the battle a year ago. I am certain we will see great things from him today. My lady, you should send him a message that he is to join us and fight with us today. I will send my best lances with your message. Guinevere was unsure, but she nodded encouragingly at her husband's nephew, hoping that he was right. She sent the message. When Lancelot knew he had been summoned to fight by the Queen, even if she didn't know who he was, he strode into battle. Knowing he had been given Gawain's lances made him even more determined. And what a battle it was. Lancelot dived in. Seeing the Black Knight enter the fray, six of the Knights of the Round Table followed. Sir Kay, Sir Griflet, Sir Sagramore, Sir Brandalit, Sir Uwain and Sir Gaheris arrived at Lancelot's side. Together the seven Knights tore into Galahot's forces. They must have each killed fifteen or more of Galahot's knights, and Lancelot at least double that. Knights and soldiers on both sides heard about the mighty deeds of the Black Knight. Galahot heard about what was going on. He had far more men than Arthur, but they were being driven back. It seemed they were being driven back through the efforts of a single knight. He decided it was time to enter the fray himself. He left ten thousand men in reserve and took thirty thousand into battle, with him at their head. The battle cry was heard and his men rallied. They started to turn the tide against King Arthur's army. The Black Knight held them off, but Galahot's army was on top. Still the Black Knight fought on, but Galahot called on the ten thousand men he had in reserve. They also joined the battle. Only the valour of the Black Knight saved King Arthur from defeat that day. As night fell, Sir Gawain fretted from his sickbed. He was worried that even with the Black Knight they wouldn't be able to survive the battle which was to start again the following morning. He knew the Black Knight was Lancelot, but maybe this fight was too much even for Lancelot. Gawain gazed over as twilight fell on the battlefield. The field was strewn with dead men and the ground was black with blood. Gawain spotted the Black Knight talking to somebody. Squinting into the distance he saw that it was Galahot. He saw Galahot put his arm around the Black Knight's shoulders and lead him away. They seemed to be having a nice chat as they rode off together. Gawain's blood ran cold. Fear coursed through him. This was not good. The next day, the battle recommenced. The Black Knight was nowhere to be seen. Galahot could be seen in the middle of his forces, recognisable by his armour. At least, he was recognisable to most by his armour. Sir Gawain, still desperately ill on his sickbed, knew different. 
He looked at the way the supposed Galahot was riding his horse, and he knew it wasn't Galahot. My lord, he said to King Arthur, that is not Galahot. It is the knight from yesterday, the one who wore the black armour and carried the black shield. The king and the knights and soldiers of the army knew that Gawain was right. The heart went out of them, and the battle turned against them. The black knight had changed sides. How could they win now? Even though the black knight didn't seem to be doing much actual fighting, his presence was enough. It seemed probable that they were to be beaten. And then it seemed certain. The black knight raised his arm and gestured to somebody in Galahot's army. A few seconds later, Galahot was at his side. Gawain looked on as the two spoke to each other, probably preparing for the final victory charge. He sagged down on his bed and wept. He couldn't believe that the black knight, who he knew to be Sir Lancelot of the Lake, had betrayed King Arthur. Next week, we will find out about the agreement that Sir Lancelot of the Lake and Galahot had made. Until then, have a great week, and I'll speak to you next time.